Ricardo. All right, everybody, welcome to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. I'm Alex. With me, as always, is Ben. Joining us today from his car, post gym, is Nate, our good friend. Tell everybody what's up. What's going on, guys? <laughs> welcome to the Swift Kicks podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, first question we always like to throw to people that are new on the show, uh, like, what brought you into soccer? What What gets you excited about it? Um... Honestly, initially FIFA, probably. There you go. Uh, and then uh, hanging out with with Ben. I'm sorry. Yeah, got much more into it. <laughs> That's all downhill from there, man. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. I mean, like, lately I haven't been following much. I haven't really been doing um, much of anything that doesn't revolve around this box that I typically live at. Um, this gym that I'm at currently, but yeah, I don't know. It's still, it's an amazing sport. It's awesome. Sports yeah. in general. Dude, how long have you been out of the loop? Cause like when we talked about getting you on, I was like, yo, how about we play the catch up game? Like you just came out of a coma and we got to get you caught up on everything soccer in like <laughs> five minutes or less. Um, well, I know that Cristiano Ronaldo is back on, uh, Manchester United. Uh, I know that. Neymar wants to stay on PSG or plans to, but I just because I saw that on the ticker on ESPN. Yeah. Um, I know that United States is going to win the World Cup. There okay. it is. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. That's it, man. I don't know nothing else. All right. I have no idea about anything that's So, going. man, you were terrible now. Yeah. Newcastle. I, Newcastle I, are great again. It's the 90s. I, I don't know how to say it. Yep, Newcastle got a bunch of blood money and are now owned by uh, Saudi princes and are – Me too. That's, they, what, lost two games since January? Yeah, since the table. They went from bottom of the table to, like, 14th in, 12. like, 12, whatever. Who's counting? Um, 11th. So no, oh, whatever. It's getting they better. They took their money and ran with it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. Man City are apparently the good team in Manchester right now. Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool's coach, is a Bond villain. Um <laughs> Mason Greenwood, you know Mason Greenwood, you remember him? No. Oh, is it Man United player, which great potential, doing fantastic things on the field. Turns out he's a piece of crap. Um <laughs> he's he's Beats no longer on Man United. Um Man you hired an interim coach who is basically like the substitute teacher that just puts on movies. Um so that's what happened there. They're absolutely awful. And uh, yeah, Chelsea has Thomas Tuchain's Tuchel's coach uh, with an American on the team who wants to leave for some reason, uh, Christian Pulisic, because he thinks he's going to get more minutes at a worse club. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's Chelsea got sold. Yeah, what? Well, they got they got like um, what's the term? They got repoed. Yeah, the English <laughs> government repoed because you remember Chelsea had a Russian owner, Roman Abramovich. Yes. Yeah, the government stepped in and said, nah, <laughs> we own you now. And okay. uh, they sold the club and kept the money, which is basically pirate's law. Right? I love it. Yeah. This love is it. The, the most succinct, beautiful, like, sub-nation of the Premier League over the past year, Ben. That was perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm not done either. So the women, uh, the U.S. women's team is finally getting paid fairly. I saw um, that. That's and awesome. also on that note, the men's team now have access to childcare during their camps, which is just also a quality. 
Um, yeah. So all around big things going on. Um, what about women? Do women get childcare at their camps too? Yes, that was already provided. No, no, that was no. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they just brought that out for them. Man. And I mean, you never know. In today's world, they're like, yeah, cool. And then they're like, not really though. <laughs> right. Yeah, you get Ish. paid more, but all the Ish. benefits gone. <laughs> um, yeah. What else has changed? Oh, Ruben's Bruce is probably the beer you never heard of. Um, but that you should hear. Yeah, you got to tell a friend. Um, and then Ballard FC out in Seattle's uh, winning when they want. Sitting top of USL 2's Northwest Conference, uh, made up the conference there. Um, and dude, you of all people know about Detroit's efforts going on there. You were, you know, kind of popping around there. Yeah, you kind of share that from your lens. I mean, <clears throat> they exploded. Yeah. Like, I used to go watch DCFC when they played at Cast Tech High School. And I would stand behind the opposing goalie and scream at him because uh, <laughs> it wasn't really real. And then uh, and then I watched them on national television like two weeks ago, and I was like, "What is happening? Yeah. What in like?" So it's cool. Um, it's a really cool thing that is happening in Detroit with them. I don't know, you know, I don't know much about the interworkings of their team, what their desires are. I know. There was talk about them joining the MLS, but they didn't want to join the MLS. Um, it, it, it sounds like in the most Detroit move ever, and I think this is where you're going to know a little bit more insight, is they didn't want to agree to the terms of like no profanity in the stadium and no boisterous fans. <laughs> I don't know if you might know anyone, um, but uh, they wanted to keep it authentic to like a neighborhood team. And it, it's doing them well because like, what was it the US Open Cup had a bunch of USL two was it USL two teams? I don't know. It seems like Detroit City FC got really far in the US Open Cup, beating all these MLS teams, and it's still like a good mix of like I think what are they in the, the final sixteen? Yeah. yeah in the final sixteen, it's both. I like earlier, a couple months ago. Um, but I haven't really been paying attention to that. Like I said, I my I am in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that bubble, Nate, because that's another thing. I wanted you to come on and share your story because I think people will find it uh, interesting and something to look up to. COVID, COVID's been weird, right? Like COVID's been weird for everybody, and everybody kind of dealt with it. Let's clip that. Full ways. Um, and the way that I dealt with it, I dove into this gym culture strongman stuff and uh, looking to go pro this year. So basically, I mean, I mean, you guys were kind of there at the beginning. Um, had bariatric surgery a couple of years ago. Was uh, was very out of shape, very very large, and uh, <clears throat> doing a lot of dumb stuff. A lot of stuff that didn't um, didn't really, I don't know, add value to my life. Just, I guess living for not a lot. You can fill in the gaps however you want to there. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, so I started losing a bunch of weight. I lost like 160 pounds and was in the gym a lot and was just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do because I'm, you know, kind of, I kind of had to, I felt like I needed a goal to work towards while I was in the gym. And this was, you know, three years ago at this point, four, four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. No, three years ago. I'm sorry. Um, and so I was looking at, you know, like bodybuilding and powerlifting and strongman stuff. And um, I found a competition, a strongman competition that kind of fell in to when I wanted to compete 
and um, started training for that. Couple couple weeks into my training, actually, I was invited out to uh, a, a really awesome gym in the Michigan area called Strength Depot to to go to like a free clinic that they were putting on, and uh, met a, met a guy named Ben Pauli, and uh, changed my life. He's my coach now, one of my best friends, um, and I've been with him, yeah, for three years. So that first show, I, first show was kind of small, and um, you know, it was my first show. And during that show, I kind of remembered what it felt like. I mean, like you guys both played soccer, like you guys competed in high level sports. Like yeah. I remembered during that show what it felt like to be a competitor, and that was a feeling that I had been missing for a very long time, um, and it just lit something up in me. And I got done with that show, and I was like, "That's it, man. That's the one." <clears throat> so competed at nationals was my that was my my next show was nationals. So COVID happened, and that kind of changed um, the way that the qualifying and things happened at the, at the national level for amateurs. So they had uh, online qualifiers that year. So typically, the way that you qualify for nationals is you have to win a show, you have to win a local show, and that gives you your bid to nationals. Um, things are kind of in flux right now with that, but that's been kind of the way that it's been um in the past and then uh so because of covid they did these online qualifiers where they had four you know four lifts and you had to compete you have to complete three of the four lifts so me and and all my training partners uh kind of we kind of my coach kind of put together a team a dream team if you will um of some of some really gnarly strong ridiculously strong dudes um uh, we all went to nationals, and uh, that was my second show, and it's just been balls to the wall ever since then. Like my one training partner, deadlift a thousand pounds. Uh, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one of my training partners, he'll press five hundred overhead. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a, in terms of strong man, I'm, I'm a, a little bit lighter and uh, a little bit faster than everybody else so that's kind of what i have i'm more athletic than than most of these um behemoths so yeah it's just been it's just been non-stop dedication and it, it's like honestly it's brought so much value to my life like fi- like finding that dedication and that passion for one thing really has has brought a lot of focus to my life outside of the gym so basically i mean you know one of the things that we talk about a lot of is that you can't be two people right you can only be one person so if you want to be dedicated to this thing and you want to be really dedicated to it, then you have to dedicate to it. You're the one that has to dedicate the time, the effort to to put what in it to put in it what you want to get out of it, right? And so because of that, like, you know, I gotta gotta get to work on time so that I can get out of work on time. I have to make sure I set aside hours a week to put meals together so that I am not sitting around wondering what I'm gonna eat. Um, and just <laughs> It's just been wild, man. So that that grind, right? Like that grind and that consistent dedication and commitment. And well, I think I have that same commitment for watching soccer. Uh, not to say I'm more hard than that, but like you know, um, <laughs> it's real easy to get off track, right? We all got that voice in our head. People call it different things. What's your inner chatter like? What's what's going? Like what is it that's fueling that tank? So, um, for me. I gave up on myself every step of the way, basically, you know, throughout my life. And it's kind of, kind of, you know, how I, how I find myself, found myself in a situation where I was basically an addict to whatever thing you put in front of me. Right. So, um, so because of that, 
once I found this feeling again, once I found this competitive spirit again, I, I, I decided that like, you know, I squandered so many, you know, and, and this is just, this is, this is me talking to myself, not anybody else, you know, no external forces. And I realized that yeah, everyone has to walk their own path and all that stuff. But I feel like I gave up myself so many times throughout my life that when I found this thing again, I said, all right, that's it. I will never give up on myself ever again. And so I've put like, yeah, it's, it's been hard, man. It's been, there's been times where it's like, where I wanted to walk out of the gym and quit. Like there's been times, you know, training with these, with these monsters that can do this unreal stuff where, and, and I'm grinding and coming back and these guys are, you know, I'm 36 years old. These guys are the oldest guy is 30. Right. And everybody else is mid twenties. So I'm the oldest dog in the room, but I will say that I'm probably one of the fieriest dogs in the room too. I mean, you know me, Ben, like <laughs> Alex, you guys like once it, once it goes, man, it goes. And I don't, um, yeah. there's a, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't have any quit. That's, that's that. That's that. That's the other thing that you know I kind of bring is the the tenacity that I that I approach this stuff with. It's all heart. Like I I can't I can't stop. I can't give up myself because if I give up myself, then I you know I, I, for right, wrong, or, or or indifferent, I feel like if I give up myself again, I'm gonna die an unhappy man, and I do not want to be sitting on my deathbed and uh, thinking about all the things that I could have done. I'd rather be thinking about all the things that I did do. Right. There's a saying and I can't remember who it is. And it's along the lines of like, you know, your opportunities, it, it, picture it this way. You're on your deathbed and your opportunities are there as the ghosts of what could have been. And they're sitting there as ideas and ideas that could have come to you and, and helped you shape your life. Um, but you, they got to die with you because you didn't take any action on them. And I think you're living that. So keep going. And, and, and you know, we love you. We we're big fans, Nate. So you got to keep on doing you. There is no stop. Like I said, there's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I am inevitable, right? I'm like, uh, I feel like, uh, um, Thanos. <laughs> yeah. I am inevitable. Like, it's just about consistency over time, right? Is your and, spirit animal Thanos? Is that what you just uh, said? No, my spirit animal is Bigfoot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Where can people find you, man? Uh, Instagram, building Bigfoot. And that's basically it. That's uh, just, and mostly it's just me, you know, posting dumb memes about lifting weights and funny videos of English people who love trains. <laughs> Francis Bourgeois. We love him. We've covered him in, in great detail for some reason. Oh, um, man. That guy I, got, I got like two things for you. One's a soccer thing, but the first one. So do you wear a singlet? Like what's your uniform? Uh, no, I'm summer that hoochie daddy summer, bro. I just wear short shorts and, uh, in a, in a crop top sometimes, but so we would like to officially sponsor your tramp stamp okay. um, on whatever it is, you know, those jerseys that have at the bottom of the sponsor, we want that for whatever you're wearing. So if All you right. give us a heads up, you'll have a swift kicks tramp stamp on the way you can make anything like building Bigfoot here. You know what I mean? Like we'll, yeah. we'll deck it out, but I want that tramp stamp to say swift kicks podcast. Okay. That's it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to own that for that day. And I will tag myself in everything you do as a sponsor of your tramp stamp. Perfect. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I was going to tell you about, dude, is if you heard about um, Wagatha Christie, probably not. So big soccer news that I forgot to, to bring up. All right. Wayne Rooney's wife. Uh, first off, you don't know about Mooney Rooney, do you? Okay. So Mooney Rooney is a whole different story for a different day, but you need to know what Mooney Rooney is. It involves, Rooney getting mooned uh, by some chicks and it going viral. 
Um, but Rebecca Rooney, I think it is, or Vardy, one of the two. Anyway, Rebecca Rooney's Vardy. wife <laughs> complained that Vardy's wife, you know, the Vardy yeah. party, right, yeah. um, was leaking stories. And uh, she's suing him. So in their own Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard case of their own, uh, they're, they're going back and forth for defamation of character. Wait, um, so because... she's, Rooney's wife is suing, uh, is suing. No. Vardy? So Vardy's wife. So back in October of 2019, there it is. Rooney, Rooney's wife, published a post on Instagram accusing someone with access to Vardy's Instagram account of selling fake stories about her to the British tabloids. So uh, okay. she explained that she'd been planting fake Instagram stories on her private account and had blocked all her other friends from viewing them with one exception. And that exception in a... Uh, it was like this great post that like went through everything. And then at the very bottom, it became like a kind of like a soccer world meme. It said, it's dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> so the entire thing, like everybody like went crazy over it. Um, and now it's called like the Wagatha Christie thing, um, which is kind of like a, like a British sort of uh, investigative show, uh, Agatha Christie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So now two years later, and a couple of attempts, I believe, to try and like settle the score sort of out of court. They're now in court um, and it began in May and it's sort of been like it would be like daytime TV gold. You know what I mean? Like it, this would be like a Judge Judy whole situation. Um, Rooney started out by saying that she wasn't a big fan of the Wagatha Christie label. Um, <laughs> she didn't want she hated every minute of all the fame that she had, except she was the one that had this entire host. Right. Um, and it's just sort of like gone on and on, like all these kind of crazy stories that I think Ben has a couple more of. I've just come out of this trial and it's just been like, it's been beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's been hilarious. Vardy's uh, wife's agent was found to have thrown the evidence in the ocean. <laughs> so, like, it just, there's just, there's just layers to this onion, man. And it's, yeah. that's what Premier League, when Man United's not good, this is breaking news. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I don't understand, like, I, I guess, you know, what it comes down to it is that it's just like, I mean, the culture, the English culture is so deeply rooted in the game of soccer, uh, the game of football, um, that this, I mean, there's, there's been TV shows that were based around all of the, the uh, inner workings and scandalous things that happen in, in, in football clubs. Right. Yeah. And the culture is so deeply rooted in it. It's like, um, like how many like how many sports do people really watch on a large scale in England? Two? Yeah. Rugby and, and football? Yeah, kinda. Right? Yeah, football, man. It's cricket. always football. Cricket every yeah. once in a while peaks. Right. Yeah, I'd say rugby's up there. So so you can consider that with America where football, basketball, baseball, right? You have the big three. Where so so it's not so I mean everything's kind of like a little more spread out spread around, but when you have so much so much stock invested in the one thing, man, yeah, that is breaking news. I can understand that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I forgot this too. West Ham's uh, center back Kurt Zuma uh, kicks cats, <laughs> and his brother filmed it and put it online. And the FA, uh, the FA did nothing about it. He got what did he get as a punishment, Alex? I believe he got fined. He got more of a punishment oh. from the RSPCA. That was one. You get a five-year suspension from owning cats. Yeah. 
for kicking cat. Yeah, that's not right. a lifetime ban. Not a lifetime. Yeah, just five. <laughs> you can't own cats for five years. You kick one more, we'll give you a couple more. That's awesome. Well, Nate, we don't want to keep you from the gym. Um, to all strong men coming to a tramp stamp near you, the man, the myth, the legend that is Nate. Check him out, Building Bigfoot on Instagram. Always a pleasure, big dog. Thanks, boys. Keep, keep Good doing to see you. You. you as well. Good luck with everything, man. Keep it up. Thanks, Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Cool. All right. That was Nate the Great. Yeah. What a guy. I didn't I didn't know the whole backstory there with everything that's gone on for the past couple of years. It's been pretty oh, yeah. awesome. He's been crushing it. I mean, living, that's, living we can sell life. that as like a inspirational message. Yeah, know? no, 100%. I've actually told a couple people to tune in tonight. So, Bobby, if you're listening, that was what I was talking about. And then Bobby Fudge? Nah. Dude, should we talk some, some more footy? A little more yeah. Specific? Uh, so there's a couple things. Um, the... Well, first of all, Wales made it into the World Cup. Um, so congrats to them. Jerks. <laughs> uh, they beat Ukraine. So uh, controversial. <laughs> <laughs> no one wins in that scenario ever. Uh, right? Lots of tears on the Ukrainian side. Uh, but yeah, Wales making it into the World Cup, which is uh, pretty insane. Um, sad day for Ryan Giggs. Never made it. Um, Gareth Bale, though. Let's, let's talk about just a, a career. Dude he's tearing it up and we kind of hate him right um <laughs> uh, but anyway the welsh coach says that because wales is now in the same group as the us england and iran which is group b i believe um they the welsh coast says that the us game in the world cup is a winnable match already shit talking <laughs> who said that rob page the uh, welsh manager what a what a pleb. <laughs> right? Like, I guess, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to win. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, he said that USA and Iran are both winnable games. Apparently, I mean, well, England's not. is he wrong? <laughs> and playing against the home nations team, anything can happen. So, so what I'm hearing is Wales is going to win the group. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's basically just said Wales 3-0. and <laughs> top of the group having a laugh taking all the pressures off of his uh <laughs> off of his teammates is what, what yeah. we're hearing here Aaron ramsey and <laughs> that's kind of wild doing whatever they want whatever um, they want and then uh the other world cup game uh australia beat the united arab emirates in the uh asian football conference playoff game so they have one more game to play they play against peru next week uh, and that one is for the final spot in the World Cup. Uh, so I don't really know who's supposed to be favorited there. I would presume Australia. I haven't made it there before a couple times. Um, so interesting. Um, we also have um, the Pogba out the door saying, I need to enjoy what I do. Yeah. You also got to play, bro. You're always hurt. <laughs> I heard he might be going back to Juventus. Yeah, I think that's the big sort of do. Yeah. I don't think PSG is going to splash the cat. I think he's damaged goods at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't see it happening, man. I think I he said think, he wanted to feel loved at his next club, whatever that means. Oh, bro. Come on. Really? Like, yeah. what else? You literally just have to play to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the the trick to that is just don't sit 
not only that, man, it's it's the likelihood of him when he's hurt going to Qatar instead yeah. of staying in the clubhouse and being one of the guys, right? And I'm not saying yeah. like you have to be that committed, but I do think it's a downfall for you to to try and like jump ship like that and then be like, oh, it's their fault. Like yeah. some of it lives in your hands, Paul Pogba. I mean, when he's been on the field, he's been incredible. Like he had like six assists in three games or something like that. And the way yeah. he can move the ball is unreal. Um, I think he's, you know, probably going to do big things for France in the World Cup, which will buy his stock back up, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I, he's been hurt, man. But it's, I think, a lack of dedication to his his craft. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think the mass exodus at Man United has begun. Oh, yeah. Eric Ten Hag is already just sort of saying goodbye to a lot of people. <laughs> like he's he's already clearing house. I guess he's already made some sort of proclamation that or not even a proclamation. Like he's asked um, people in his backroom staff and stuff to keep an eye on all the what all the players are doing over their summer vacations and stuff. So that's why you've seen like on social media, like uh, Marcus Rashford was like posting videos of him just like lifting and like doing whatever he can like. I think that they're taking it serious like oh, okay this guy's either going to tell us we're out the door or we're in the team and if you're in the team like there's a lot of expectations now but um, like it doesn't fix your problems right like, it doesn't <laughs> fix the fact that, that you don't have the right players could be a culture shift don't get me wrong but like it doesn't fix yeah it doesn't fix the fact that you don't have a, a holding midfielder yeah um, what's his name? Frankie de Jong is heavily linked to yeah. Man United, and it looks like Man U is going to move hell and high water to get him there. Yeah, um, which would be decent, but like, I, you know, is he, is he the next, you know, Michael Carrick? Probably not, right? Right? I don't know. Uh, I think that there's something with Barcelona on that part of it, right? Like, there's they want to let him go, he doesn't want to leave. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's the part he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't actually want to go. It's just, yo, know, Frankie de Jong is worth this much money. They're, they've basically said, hey, we'll name your price and we'll take him. Right. And Frankie de Jong is like, hey, what if I just don't want to do that? And, <laughs> and everyone's like, eh, it doesn't really matter, man. Like, yeah. there's a number. We We're all like got a number. 200 million. He's so messy because yeah. it has to, but like, that is what it is. And I think, um, I think ultimately, one so you said um Gareth Bale, someone that I think needs a little bit of love right now. Harry Maguire <laughs> had the most falling down the stairs season out of yeah. any player I can remember. Yeah. Like, and he's not even that bad. <laughs> he just like yeah. was was the brunt of it. Like, if you look at his stats, he, he did well with assists. His defending was okay, but like he had no help and they yeah. had rotating doors at outside backs. And when you do that, he's got no consistency. And then all the while, he turns around and scores a PK for England against Germany in the Nations League today. Yeah, but he goal. also wasn't, he was basically the reason that uh, Germany scored. Yeah, I yeah. think that PK was Gareth Southgate's like, hey, I'm going to do you a solid. Yeah. This is all I owe you. Go. <laughs> Here you yeah. go. Yeah. You get this PK. You take, take your chance. And then, uh, yeah. Right. There was also uh, a lot of talk, uh, just that at least that I saw online about Jordan Pickford, um, the England goalkeeper, just sort of always trying. He putting a lot of blame on that Germany goal as well on him uh, because he tries to make every save that he makes when he's playing for England look like a you know like a world class diving <laughs> save where he's like bending around the corner or whatever. Right. You know, he doesn't just like make the routine save. Um, 
I feel like England keepers, they literally just keep them there until they have one blunder. Yes. And then it's like, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. you're out. Yeah. <laughs> David Seaman, bye. Right. Joe Hart, bye. Like, uh, David Seaman never recovered from when he got chipped by no. Ronaldinho. Never like recovered. Didn't David James in goal for a bit? Yeah. Yeah. And then he did something stupid. I think he got megged or something. And then he was gone. And then, uh, yeah, that's England's MO with keepers. Meanwhile, the U.S. Who was it? Zach Steffen? A yeah. A couple months yeah. back. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. But uh, I think I think you put in a teaser for this episode. Uh, Christian Pulisic, unhappy with the USA fans. Yeah, um, for oh, when was it a Wednesday night game? Midweek game, uh, late at night in Cincinnati. Uh, he was upset with the 9 p.m. kickoff Eastern time right. in the a East little, Coast. A little upset that more fans apparently didn't show up to the game uh, at a soccer-specific stadium. Um, I did see some people uh, writing that well, basically, the comments from Pulisic were that he was upset that there weren't enough American fans in the stands. Uh, and there were a lot of comments that were like, pretty much all the fans in the stands were American. <laughs> so it uh, kind of took away from that. But I think he's probably used to playing on the big stage with Chelsea now. Uh, Until he walks out the door. Right. <laughs> but these little, little, uh, little friendly matches aren't really doing it for him, I guess. Well, they're a joke, man. Like, I, I you know, it would be interesting. Maybe we can pull this up while I'm blabbering. But uh, Mexico has started hosting their friendlies in the U.S., which, which is just wild to me. Like, that doesn't actually make sense to me. But like, I'm sure from a business sense and a safety sense, it might. Um, the reality of it, though, is 9 p.m. weeknight. Right, the game's not done till 11 o'clock Eastern. You're not getting home till like 1 a.m. Yeah, soccer is still a family event, right? So, like, yeah. you're not taking your kids to a game on a Wednesday night, the last month of school. No, like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So, either put it at like 6 p.m. on the West Coast because you want to draw the West Coast crowd and uh, let us watch it on TV on the East Coast, or just don't be stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. since he's got a good crowd, but right. not, no one's going to have a good crowd at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, to your point about Mexico, I think we brought this up when they first came out, but uh, they played Nigeria May 28th in Arlington, Texas, Uruguay on June 2nd in Glendale, Arizona, and June 5th. So this past weekend, they just played uh, Ecuador in Chicago, and then they played Paraguay in Atlanta on August 31st. So, yeah. Have we looked at the stats for that? So they played – who did they play in the in the state? So Mexico, Ecuador? Mexico played Nigeria, Uruguay, and Ecuador so far. Who the do they play in the States, though? All three of them. All three of them? Yeah. All right, so let's look at Uruguay. Um, where's the attendance on this bad boy? Oh, uh, it doesn't say. <laughs> I want to know the attendance on this because that's uh, going to be pretty interesting to me. That would be some, some funny statistics if they had more fans at the game. Uh, might have been a crowd... Make sure this is the correct one. Looks like 57,735 people showed up. Yeah. Yeah. June 3rd. 57,000? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good, good, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> so hang on. Let's see. Attendance for USA Morocco, right? Yeah. yeah. 24,000. They had more than double. Yeah. That's, that's nuts, man. 
That's the same. How is no one pointing at that out yet? They're like, hey, hopefully no one looks at this number. <laughs> we did. Swift kicks, guys, got you back. Um, <laughs> I feel like we should probably give a shout out to Steve. Uh, Steve, we haven't heard from you, man. Um, hope you're okay. Steve, enjoy your dinner. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> pass, pass the butter. Um, <laughs> dude, I feel like that should be like groundbreaking news. Mexico. And what was it, Ecuador? Uh, Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay. What about the next one, Ecuador? Uh, let's see. So Uruguay was June 2nd. Well, let's see what they got versus Nigeria. Like, I feel like that's a very, you know, you can kind of see like Uruguay and people maybe being around. And the U.S. just true Uruguay, right? Mexico, Nigeria uh, attendance. Bro. What are you saying? 53,000? The USA-Uruguay. Granted, it was a sold-out stadium. <laughs> with 19,000 people. What is wrong with this picture, right? Yeah. And you want to say that U.S. soccer has not got a problem at the at the helm. That's a, that's something that... Um, I'm not CONCACAF. Who am I thinking of? The USSF. Yeah. The U.S. Soccer Federation. Got to figure that out. There's no reason that you know, Mexico, Uruguay is averaging, you know, double and almost triple these numbers. That's crazy. No. What? Mexico defeated Nigeria 2-1 in a friendly at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, early Sunday morning with 56,872 fans. Oh. Did I know they're playing at like these big giant NFL stadiums, but it's still. Still. They're selling the tickets for it, man. Yeah. And then what was the the third? Match? That's probably where you know that's got to be what playing into Christian Pulisic's comments. Yeah, you, you know what I mean because you know he's paying attention to that because he's hearing that. Yeah, and, and like, oh, dude, did you hear about this game? It was crazy. Oh no, I was playing in a game at home <laughs> in the same country, Mexico, Ecuador attendance. That's nuts, man. That's a problem. <laughs> we if we pull up another fifty something thousand here. Uh... Didn't Mexico not qualify for the World Cup, or did they? No, they did. I'm just going to start that rumor and be like, you know, it's a typo on FIFA's behalf that <laughs> Mexico's actually not in there. Sorry. Can't find attendance for this one. Let's see. So that's a Swift Kicks article coming to a computer near <laughs> yeah. you soon. And probably going to get me kicked out of some more Facebook groups for U.S. soccer yeah. fans. Anyway, we're just going to presume that 50,000 yeah, people showed up. We're going to know that they had more than double the attendance. In Chicago. Were... So they were probably playing at Soldier Field. I don't know. Chicago has a big soccer stadium uh, where the fire play is pretty large. Oh, homophobic chance. Mars, Mexico's nil-nil tall. Nil-nil, okay. nil-nil we, tie with Ecuador. We don't condone that. Um yeah. By any means, who did they play? Who are you looking up? Mexico versus Ecuador at Soldier Field, June fifth, five p.m. Sixty-one thousand. Oh my god! Did it really say that? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Announced the crowd of sixty-one thousand. Oh, god, that's terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's even in the Midwest. 
All right. It's got to be like an eight-hour drive from Cincy. Yeah. So at what point do we address that? Like, Yeah. I feel like someone in a room was like, did did anyone see that in the U.S.? Right, yeah. Like, U.S. soccer is based in Chicago. I know. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got some, some explaining to do. This is, right? this is Ricky Ricardo's problem. got this one covered for us. Yeah. That's nuts, man. And, uh, and then I think the best part is like no one's talking about this. No. At all. I would expect like at least a headline from somewhere saying Mexico far outpaces U.S. attendance on U.S. soil. Sponsored by Rubens Bruce. Right. <laughs> right. Right. No kidding. I mean, well, one nation, one team. I guess it's Mexico. I guess, right? Like, maybe it's two nations, one team. <laughs> oh, dude, they should have a game in the big house. <laughs> Just sell it out. Yeah. <laughs> Just see how big they can. Right. Go. Let's see what. Yeah, step it up, Mexico. Like we expect <laughs> bigger things. Yeah, that's nuts, man. That I think is probably one of the worst things that could have happened to U.S. soccer, and yeah. it's just not being talked about, right? But yeah. you know what? Greg Berhalter is running around those towns, and I bet the coach of Mexico is not doing it. So, it's the it's the effort that counts, man. We have heart, yeah, um, just not from the fans. Yeah. Um, wow, so. <laughs> I can't believe we just discovered that live on air. Yeah, first Nate, and now this. Um, yeah. yeah. I do have a life alert. I don't have the soundtrack uh, teed up for us. Okay. But I do think we should talk about um, the life alert person of the week. Okay. Yep. There Roll it is. It. Perfect. Oh, that'll hurt. Real no Um, The life alert person of the week this week is the 69 year old Graham Sunis. I don't know if you saw this. Yep. I don't know if you saw this or not, Alex, but in the opening remarks between Scotland and the Ukraine, he was, you know, on the pitch with his microphone looking like an absolute tool. Um, Just speaking to like, you know, his time as a player, right? Keep in mind that when they have a microphone, it's not being broadcasted around the stadium. It's going into like a TV broadcast. So all the fans started standing up and clapping and he got teary eyed. He got all worked up. He got emotional. Because he thought they were giving him a standing ovation. And he like pauses and is like, you know, and it's because the teams came out of the tunnel to warm up. And uh, it was the most <laughs> embarrassing thing I've seen live on air in a long time. So, Graham Sunis, you are the life alert person of the week. You have fallen. And uh, I will say, excellent stash back in the, the 70s or whenever that was. So. <laughs> Nuts though. So yeah, that was probably one of the best life alert people of the week in a while. Is is there a video of this? Um, somewhere it's out there. I just remember remember Graham Tunis bring it all back to Kurt Zuma. Um, remember when he had like the greatest take of all times? He was just like, for me, he hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> like as if he had just gone in for like a tackle and got a yellow card. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's somebody that can't get out. Graham Sunis is also the one that was saying that the FIFA needs to create an extra spot for the Ukraine. Yeah, just let him in. Wait, I think I found it. Give me two seconds. That's what she said. There it is. 
I think Sport Bible probably has some good coverage of it. They usually do. Hmm. Graham Sooners. Nah. I don't know. Oh, maybe. 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 Loading. A little noise here. Let's get a little noise going. Yeah. Every single game I played, I wanted to win desperately. Strangest emotional thing I've ever had about a football match. I'm Scottish. I used to captain the football team. Every every single game. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets worse dude like in the longer one there's like it happens again and he like puts up his hand and you could tell someone in his ear is like dude they're just warming up and he just is like oh and it's so goddamn funny but yeah help my phone graham soonest <laughs> that's amazing yeah so that's life alert person of the week. So we're gonna have to skip over the where are they now because okay. uh, yeah, the illustrious, be a little, little one-sided, uh, yeah, <laughs> Panther King himself, uh, Steve, is MIA. Um, but yeah, that leaves us twenty minutes to talk about Newcastle. Have they? Uh, well, I was going to say that there's a statue immortalizing Zinedine Zidane, Zinedine Zidane's headbutt during the 2006 World Cup final that's going to be reinstalled in Qatar after it was removed in 2013 because of a domestic backlash. It's a five-meter-tall bronze statue. Of him headbutting someone? Yeah. I would pull a picture. Well, I'll, just, I'll just show you here. Here you go. Why? Why is that a thing? Uh, Why? <laughs> one of the greatest players of all time. I get. I don't know, man. Is that up there with Maradona's handball? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're gonna <laughs> just in time for the World Cup. Apparently, the original public location of the statue was quote not right, uh, according to somebody from in Qatar, um, and it will now be remounted at a new sports museum in Doha, which is hosting the World Cup later this year. Uh, conservative Muslims believe artistic depictions of human form should be forbidden to avoid idolatry. Adultery? Idolatry. Oh, I was like, how did we yeah. get to this place? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Head. Yeah. 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 Understood. Yeah. Thanks. And we're canceled. All yeah. Right. <laughs> Cancel Steve. Uh, <laughs> Carry on. Uh, yeah. We've we've learned from our mistakes, and we will be. Coming back to this at another day in time. Yeah. Um, what do you think Manchester United needs in the transfer window? Other than 15,000 new players, what do they need? Can you buy courage? <laughs> no. Um, honestly, I think a stable manager will go really, really far. And then, yeah. honestly, a number six. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like a good holding midfielder, someone that's not going to have any ego that can play the ball off of his feet. I, this is going to be controversial to you, Man United fans. Um, but the other sale that should have occurred is Bruno Fernandes is not the staple of that club. Yeah. He's good. He is not great. He does not belong 
I, I don't think you're going to get the most out of him. He is doing best when Man United are not in good form. Um, you know what I mean? He's always like, oh, for, Bruno had a good game. And you're like, but we lost 4-0 or 4-1. You know what I mean? Like, And he had a free kick or something. Right. Um, so I think that staple midfielder there that could free that up. And then, you know, and then from there, they need to get back to the basics and trust in the people like Marcus Rashford, Luke Shaw, Juan Basaka. Like, they like benched in the second half of the season for Diego Dalla, and it just didn't make sense. Yeah. So Alex Tellez, Diego Dalla to leave. And I mean, for you're not going to get rid of Fernandez, but like that. And honestly, it's probably time to bring in a good number two keeper. Yeah, like you know, you usually have a keeper that can come in for the occasional game. Uh, you know, you play Stoke for some reason, you put him <laughs> in, and <laughs> you called a day to, to save De Gea. But I think De Gea is either going to need to win some hardware, or he's going to be out the door in the next three years. Yeah, so you need to start developing that good person behind him. Um, you know, and if De Gea finds himself as a career keeper with Man United, you, you might consider selling that individual, but. I think ultimately there's just a lot of unknowns. And I, I think what Ten Hag's trying to bring into the system, if you will, is this system is you're going to earn your spot and then you're going to keep it. Like I don't see Ten Hag, and this is me you know, predicting the unpredictable, but I don't see Ten Hag rotating a lot of players through trying to find out the perfect lineup. I see Ten Hag being like, it's my way or the highway. We're going to win like this and we're going to lose like this. And we're just going to keep going. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I think Rashford, hopefully fit and ready to go. Luke Shaw, hopefully fit. And I don't know if you have the same player in, in Harry Maguire and um, Varane, but you might need a little bit more stability right there. Right. But ultimately, your question was, what do we need? We need a central midfielder that is no nonsense just playing good you know two touch football can see the vision of the field and, and help orchestrate the team right you're like crying out for a player that can link that defense in midfield and and yeah. the attack rather you know you need a paul schools <laughs> yeah right yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> without the the feet things yeah um but you need a paul schools and that's not going to happen yeah i don't i don't know that person's out there anymore you know i think uh calvin phillips was it yeah, it was probably like the closest thing that we were hoping for, but he hates Manchester United. So right, yeah, he's from there. Leeds. That goes yeah, well. He's a big Leeds boy, so yeah, <laughs> so he should be. Yeah, um, uh, you see, Brendan Aronson got brought into Leeds. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of funny videos going around of him like <laughs> the coach's son. <laughs> yeah, in the locker room. <laughs> Come on, guys, got to get behind him. <laughs> it's really, really cringe. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I don't know, man. What about you? What's uh, on your bucket list for Newcastle purchases this year? Uh, for Newcastle, there seems to be a lot of uh, teasers. So Bruno Gamarish, our Brazilian player, um, one of our Brazilian players, is good friends with Lucas Paqueta, uh, another Brazilian midfielder. Um, and they keep like posting pictures together like all the time. Like they were posting pictures like in Newcastle. Like um, it'd be phenomenal to bring him aboard and have just like a all brazilian three-man midfield maybe throw in and say maximum in there just for a little ooh la la and uh yeah it'd be interesting i don't know how well that would work out you know when you try and rotate players in and out of that but we'll see um but realistically we need a, a prolific striker i mean chris wood god bless me he's not gonna do it 
you know, for for a full Premier League campaign season when you're we're probably trying to make some sort of European competition this season. I think is the probably the top goal, right? I think the realistic goal that they'll always say is like let's finish top ten. Um, but I think if they can sneak into you know like Europa League next season, I think that that would be the big goal. Um, so you need a, an out and out striker. Callum Wilson, you know, while prolific when he plays is great, uh, but when he it, the chances of him getting injured again just seems so high. He, he's kind of reminds me of like Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, he's somebody that like you know he's one of those players that frankly he could be like an England center forward or at least you know squad player in the England team. Um, but just he's never there. I think what he played 39 out of his last like, or maybe 40 out of his last like 80 games, basically. So 50 50 chance of him being on the pitch, you know, being fit to be on the on the team. Um, so you know, and so I was gonna I say, go ahead. I was just gonna finish with saying, but I don't think anybody on the team got more than 10 goals. I think Callum Wilson was like top scorer with nine, maybe last season and he didn't play for a quarter of the season that's kind of wild yeah <laughs> I, I think um you think almiron makes it makes the cut uh i think it's time if we're gonna sell him it's time to sell him um it's he's one of those players i think he could do bits for you know one of the teams that kind of just got promoted or maybe like a brentford team like that maybe if we're looking to a swap for uh christian erickson um yeah love the guy love the hard work that he puts in i think he he sort of uh sort of is what everybody thinks like every that every newcastle player wants or every newcastle fan wants in a player you know somebody that just goes out tries hard like does whatever they can for the team and you can see that he does that and it means a lot to him when he scores and things like that but uh i just don't think he's there for for what the, the team wants to be maybe we you know it gets like another year under his belt at the team but that almost seems unfair because he knows that he'll he probably knows that he's going to be closely out the door soon you know so how long do you want to wait before you're looking for that next job you don't want to be 28 29 right trying to find a premier league gig if you're not really you know it's a real easy way to kind of end up in the championship exactly yeah where you belong yeah (laughs) yeah i mean uh isaac hayden uh was a player for us that just went down to norwich um that was a deal signed today um he was another it was on loan but it's, it's probably one of those loan to buy kind of deals uh but he you know he's one of, again he's somebody that every time they came on he put in a, a full shift for the team he loves the city loved the fans of you know everything that you wanted um he just with the addition of you know two 40 million pound signings in the midfield he just got pushed out you know he's, he's right. that kind of player but He's somebody that has experience. He was with Newcastle both times we went down to the championship. Both times we went down, we got immediately back up. So he's got that experience. You know, that's obviously what Norwich are looking to do when they're down in the championship. And they probably will because they're the biggest yo-yo club <laughs> in English football right now. So, you know, it's there's there's going to be some interesting wheeling and dealings. And, of course, you know, we're linked to everybody under the sun. Jesse Lingard? Yeah. 
Yeah, anybody. Right. Throw out a name. We're linked to them. Dude, yeah. are you like waking up every day disappointed that they haven't bought someone? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like announce messy. Come on. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> let me ask you this? Do you do you feel like at all sad for the players that have been through so much that are just no longer relevant to you as a person anymore? It's kind of like Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, like, like in high school when you got hot and all of a sudden everyone <laughs> wants to be your friend. Yeah, so you, you know you ditch the nerds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's uh, the people that got yeah. you there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we never broke out of that. Yeah, um, <laughs> you get the reference there. But like any of you sitting there, like, oh, that sucks yeah. for you. But bye. <laughs> yeah, there's like defender, like Kieran Clark. Um, yeah, people that have people that were around at least through one of like the relegations, like that stuck with the team. Like those are the people that are like, all right, like kind of sucks for you that like <laughs> you're just not good enough. You're just not gonna be in the Champions League, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. You're just not gonna be there. Um, you were great for us in the Championship. You and, see uh, Tottenham's new kits. Yeah, it looks a lot like uh, Tottenham's kit every other year, yeah, except they threw in like a lime green stripe. Right. A lot Very of uh, so a lot of fans weren't too too happy with it, um, but I don't really know what they can like. What else can you do with a Tottenham kit? Burn it. It's kind of like an England. <laughs> it's kind of like an England kit. It's just white. Yeah, you know. Put a collar on it. Take the collar off it. Put it's a button a, on it. Take the button yeah, off of it. Yeah, it's a white response. Nike kit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, Here. that was. The, I love. I mean, Newcastle does the same it? thing. Like the the sponsor, like. They have AIA and it's uh it's red, and they wanted it to be blue, and I think they have had a blue AIA sponsor before, so fair credit to them. Like it would look better with that, but ultimately the sponsor pays millions, if not close to billions, to be able to be on your shirt. Yeah, I think they decide what color. <laughs> they're yeah, gonna be you, you have no say in this. I yeah. do think Newcastle should go back to Newcastle Brown Ale. Um, yeah, but I, they don't even exist really anymore. I think they got matter. sold to like some. I, I will start a company called, <laughs> called Newcastle Brown. Brown Ale, and I'll just spell <laughs> ale slightly different. Yeah, I'll put like an umlaut or something somewhere in the, <laughs> in the word that just blends in with the background. And uh, Newcastle, I'm available uh, Newcastle for Newcastle Brown Dale, but I want throwback kits with a collar. I'm just saying, yeah. uh, Man United's throwback kits that are coming out are pretty fresh. Um, yeah, you know, if you can't, you know, reinvent victories, you might as well wear the jerseys you were wearing back then. Um, doesn't quite solve the world's problems, but always love a good kit change. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo sticking around for years. The other thing I think yeah. in the transfer news, which is just kind of wild. Like I kind of thought he was going to be gone. Yeah. Um, but he he I don't man he had kind of a sneaky good season. He did <laughs> like third top goal scorer in the Premier League on a not great team. Yeah. And like you know everyone's saying and we've said it both of us like are you getting the payoff on him? Right. Kinda. When you look at the stats, like sure, I think it just goes to show how bad United were. Um, I do think Leicester are going to have to get creative um, this off season as well. Um, so I think there's plenty more to come from the the transfer days, if you will. Oh yeah, I think everybody right now it's a little bit of an international time, and then they go on summer vacation, and then that's when things start firing. Jiving. Yeah. You call my people, I'll call your people. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it's going. I think, let me ask you this, and then before we wrap, hmm. what does a World Cup in December do? 
to a January transfer market. Ruins it. Let's actually look. I don't know if it actually changes if the January transfer window. It doesn't. But like you got to think like the summer transfer window, I feel like is significantly more active in World Cup years. Hmm. Right. So like yeah. I'm saying like now it's a November, December time. It's got to screw up the Premier League. Um, like that's another it's going to screw up the Premier League. Right. You have like a long winter break and go late into the summer next year. Yeah. I don't hate that. But like at the same time, <laughs> tradition is tradition. Winter uh, season, winter transfer market opens January 1st, 2023, closes at the end of the month. That's nuts. Yeah. That's going to be wild. You're going to have so many people hurt. So like <laughs> if you're a coach, you're sitting there watching that World Cup, like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Shit, I got to get a new left back. Or right, get on the phone. <laughs> or you're going to get what typically happens after a World Cup in the summer where, like, you know, Johnny Utah, you know, plays yeah. really well. Johnny Utah, <laughs> and he ends up, you know, being a fifty million pound player when actually he's like only worth five. You know, yeah. I so. think that'll happen to some of Canada's players. Like, is it Kyle Laren? Yeah, is, uh, Canada's. Kyle yeah, uh, star striker plays in the Turkish league, but like just keeps scoring goals. Like, yeah. we we all pay attention to Alfonso Davies, but I think right there that's someone that could come out of a tournament like this and be like, hold up. I can get this guy somewhat affordable and he scores goals at a high level. Right. Um, yeah. Well, let's see what it is. So plenty of things to kind of ponder. Yeah. Um, we kind of dipped our toes in the strongman world today. It was kind of wild. Yeah. I feel like a inspired individual. Look up building Bigfoot on Insta. This story's crazy. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll call it that. Steve, you're dead to us. All right. Bye for now. <laughs>